Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Here we are into week three of our Christmas Horror Marathon, <laughs> our annual tradition that I always love. I have to say the, the first two, if you listen to those episodes, I wasn't too wild about, especially the last one we did. Not very good. Yeah. So um, we have something picked for Christmas uh, week that we're both pretty excited about. Yeah. It's a new horror film. Uh, so this week I was like, why don't we go back to something that I think we'll both at least have some fun with? I... <laughs> Went back through some old notes, and I noticed that we had this thing marked down as a Christmas horror movie. And I think you and I had exchanged a message about it at one point. You might have even sent it to me saying, this looks wacky, we should do it sometime. And so I dug that out, and I sent it to you, and you didn't object. (laughs) And so here we are doing the absolutely insane 1983 Blood Beat, written and directed by... I. How's your French, Craig? I'm not. I have no French. I have no French either. Fabrice Ang Zafiratos. Okay. (laughs) Zafiratos doesn't really sound French, but uh, what do I know? I don't know French, so. All right, so um, I've never seen this movie before, and uh, my understanding is it was one of these kind of lost VHS-type movies. It had gone to video mostly and uh, was most more or less forgotten, and then got picked up by Vinegar Syndrome not too long ago, and is just so much fun. How about you, Craig? You ever seen this before? No, I don't recall ever hearing about this. I don't recall reading about it. You sent it to me, and I had a couple of other movies in mind, but nothing that I was, like, dying to do. And when I read the description, I'm like, okay, that sounds bananas. Like, (laughs) surely it will at least be fun to talk about. I don't know. (laughs) This is one of the most bonkers movies I have ever seen. Like, it's just, it defies everything. (laughs) Honest to God, I have no idea what was happening in this movie or why. No idea. Oh, yeah. But I have to tell you, I was entranced the whole time. I don't know what your feeling is, but me watching this, I I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. It was totally bonkers. I was confused. I didn't care. It was at times hilarious, at times surreal, at times laughably bad, like acting-wise and things. But man, it it had heart. <laughs> it had like, something. Somebody put a lot into this movie, let's just put it that way. And the cinematography at times is really, really inventive. <sighs> and then there are like wackadoodle visual effects. <laughs> oh, boy. It screams 80s. I don't know. Do you know much about that? No, the... I don't know much of anything about it. I, I meant to go back and review the trivia, and I forgot. I rem- I know there's not very much. Like, I think they filmed it in the filmmaker's house or something. I I don't remember. Oh, yeah, that's true. This is one of those times where it's really unfortunate that we live so far apart and can't watch these movies together right. and talk about them immediately afterwards like we used to. Because immediately after this movie... I could have talked about it all day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So many things to say, but now it's been like a week, uh, over a week, maybe. No, that's not true. I just watched it a few days ago, but I don't really remember much of it. I just remember it being crazy. I can't recall ever watching a movie before. And so many times saying, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) I had no idea what was happening. You're right about the IMDb summary being pretty nuts. A young woman accompanies her boyfriend to his family's rural Wisconsin home for Christmas, where the spirit of a Japanese samurai begins wreaking havoc on them. What? Why? (laughs) So many questions. I know. I would add uh, that the samurai somehow has some psychic connection with this woman who masturbates a lot. (laughs) Oh, boy, there's all kinds of weird things going on here. It's so strange. So the movie started out as the brainchild of this writer-director, Fabrice Ange Zafaritos. I'm just going to call him Zafaritos for short. God, it sounds like a Greek name, but whatever, whatever. We're a multicultural world now. Anyway, he is most definitely French, and he was uh, studying in the U.S. at the time, and uh, he had a girlfriend. She was from Wisconsin. They were living around there. He had this idea while he was out walking with her to make this movie. And he had a filmmaker father 
back home and was able to secure financing for it to shoot it on 35 millimeter Panavision. Hired a really a, a, a good cinematographer. The cinematographer, unfortunately, thought that this was going to be straight to video. And so he deliberately shot it in a four by three aspect instead of taking full advantage of the four of the widescreen of the 35 millimeter. It looks it has the idea. It has the impression of a movie that is just made up as you went along. Um, it certainly stars many non-actors. Uh, I was not surprised to hear that the older couple in the movie, Kathy and Gary, whose home this takes place at, uh, are a real-life couple. Uh, and Kathy actually painted those paintings. She's a bit of a painter, and she painted the paintings based on inspiration from the script, which is totally wackadoodle, and the director himself admits doesn't make much sense, and he didn't really care. He was going for visual poetry. One could say that's a very European sensibility. And although he admits that he and his girlfriend were high when they came up with the idea for the movie, both he and the cinematographer have interviews on the special edition of this, uh, the DVD version of this, the Vinegar Syndrome put out. They talk at length about the planning uh, and storyboarding that went into this. So although you might find some people online that claim that the director says he was high the whole time he was shooting this, uh, the director and cinematographer very much uh, claim otherwise. This was carefully planned out, and they both admit it doesn't make much sense. And in that respect, it kind of reminds me a little bit of a Giallo movie, you know? Sometimes we just watch these and we just get a general feeling, and there's no plot, or it's a little nonsensical, and uh, but, but there's so much style, and you just kind of roll with it. But this is like, you take that and you mix it with an 80s slasher that, you know, God, low budget, weird, terrible acting crazy special effects i'm at a loss (laughs) yeah i'm at a loss i don't know what to say about it everything about it is weird we could talk about how weird the score is like it starts out. i like the score but it's weird well it starts out with this weird synth score yeah and then throughout the music there is just classical music blaring at you to the point where you can really only hear about half the thing any of the people say. Yeah. (laughs) There are some scenes that I I had to turn on the subtitles. Yeah. Um, There was a a scene particularly at the end. It was like the climactic scene, like where I'm expecting to be told what is happening. (laughs) And still, no (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, oh well, I just can't hear. I'll I'll turn it up, and I like so I've got it blaring in my ears. I still can't make out what they're saying, and so then I put on the subtitles, and I'm reading the subtitles, and they kind of are like in English, but <laughs> I don't really understand <laughs> what's happening. And it seemed to me that whoever did the subtitles couldn't really catch it all either. <laughs> so like it was just kind of bits and pieces. Oh my god, it's so weird. Okay, so you're right. So it's Gary and Kathy and they live in the country and he is a very like mountain man kind of guy. He's he's always in coveralls. He's got a big scruffy beard, but you know, he just seems like a normal kind of country guy. Then he's married to Kathy who is weird like this this woman is just straight up weird from the beginning to the end i've known people like this and like things are revealed kind of about her but just so casually like offhandedly like she's just acting really really weird for a while and then somebody just casually mentions her psychic powers what she has psychic powers what? It's <laughs> so bizarre. Yeah, but she also paints. She also she has paints, a studio, and I uh, I'm impressed that she painted that stuff. I mean, I mean, it's it's weird. I mean, even her paintings are weird. They're they're just like just big kind of swaths of color on these big canvases. But I mean, they look good. They look better than something that that I could do. Mm-hmm. Gary's hunting. This family loves hunting. <laughs> Yeah, hunting is like their favorite. Half of what they talk about, and <laughs> they go hunting at one point in the movie, and they take their hunting so seriously. Like I used to hunt, I, I, I haven't for a long time, but I used to deer hunt, which is what they are doing here, and I never did it like that. It wasn't like some kind of freaking tactical maneuver. It was <laughs> when you deer hunt, you go and you sit under or in a tree until a deer happens upon you. You're not like army crawling through the forest, 
<laughs> no. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And you're not shooting a deer that are running full speed uh, in front of you across the way, right? Well, you're <laughs> right. No, typically not. I mean, sometimes, but gosh, I've also never been in a hunting party that includes people with both bow and arrows and shotguns. Those are different seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's breaking the law. (laughs) (laughs) How's that going to work anyway? (laughs) I'm not quite sure. Oh, God. Okay. So, anyway, so there, uh, it's Christmas. Uh That's the only Christmassy thing about this movie is that it happens to be Christmas. Their kids. Actually, they're not. It's it's not their kids. Uh, it's Kathy's kids. I don't know where their dad is, but Gary's not their dad. He's just her boyfriend. And it seems like maybe she goes through boyfriends a lot. Like she like <laughs> she seems like the type uses them until they're <laughs> annoying, and then she sends them on their way or something. I don't know, but it seems like yeah. this guy's been around a lot. But in the very beginning, he proposes to her. She's like, no, no. No, I will never marry again. Yeah. It's very dramatic. And then that's... He's Forgot like, about okay, that. Okay, well, whatever. I don't even remember. It's so stupid. He's full of consternation. Yeah. yeah. So their kids, Dolly, a girl, and Ted, a boy, show up. And Ted, without having forewarned them, brings home his girlfriend, Sarah. As they're walking past Kathy to get into the house, Kathy and Sarah have, like, just a weird moment. Like they stop and like stare at each other. Like, <gasps> like, like they're both it's kind intensely. of, it's really weird. Like strange close-ups on their eyes and Kathy's yeah. like almost like squinting at her, like staring her down. Super strange. It was like house by the cemetery style. eye close-ups, wasn't it? Yeah. And then like my next note is why is Kathy so weird? Like she does these, Oh, uh, the boy Ted is like showing, uh, Sarah around and, she's like, ooh, all these paintings are neat or something. And he's like, yeah, my mom does them. And they're everywhere. Like, they're all over the house. He says she paints uh, like she's hypnotized. Mm -hmm. And then Kathy, I don't remember who she's talking to, but she says that she knew Sarah was coming. Right. Mind you, this is a person she didn't know existed. Yeah. But she knew she was coming. And she has a weird vision that, like, you're going to have to tell me what this is called. I feel like it's like when they reverse the negative or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a reverse, like, the colors are all funky and, and weird. And she hears a baby cry. Oh, God. I don't even know. And then, and then Sarah's talking to Pete. Like, this is, or Ted, her boyfriend. This is all happening, you know, in minutes. But she's, like. They're in the bedroom. Yeah, they're in yeah. the bedroom. And he, they, he starts making out and, like, feeling her boobs and, like, gets her boobs out. And she's, like, no, no. And he keeps going. And eventually she pushes him off. Mom, how do you feel, huh? Oh, I just feel kind of weird. I, what do you mean? <laughs> well, I feel like she she knows everything that goes on inside of my head. And then. She reads everything in my mind. She scrutinizes me. Scrutinizes you? I'm sorry. Stupid. I must be tired. It's like I feel she's in the room right now. In the room with us. Oh, come on, Sarah. She's downstairs in her studio painting. I just feel it, Ted. I don't know. Now, apparently, we find out later that at least the daughter knows that the mother can read minds. Are we to believe that Ted doesn't know that? Because he tells her she's acting crazy. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's really never explained. There's just a lot of classical music going on. Lots of close-ups on mom's paintings and Buddha statues, and mom is in the and samurai. Were, were were they all Buddha statues, or were they? I don't. I don't think there was a single samurai in that whole bit. You know, <laughs> I got the Buddha stuff. Mom seemed like the type of person who's going to light incense and have Buddha statues around, uh, wear big shawls, and paint. And there's a lot of her doing that, and we get random cuts throughout the whole movie in odd places of the buddha statues with like lights flickering on them and stuff like that and i'm not even sure where the buddha statues are i think there might be one in her bedroom there is one in her bedroom and there might be one or two in mom's studio and for a little bit i kind of thought maybe there was some connection between like like this was some sort of like mystical telephone you know that mom was 
somehow channeling oh, it's like, through the Buddha statues. <laughs> like a baby monitor. <laughs> yeah, exactly like a baby monitor. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. But Uncle Pete arrives. <laughs> okay, let's just throw in another character who's here for like 10 minutes and then leaves. But Uncle Pete arrives, and all of them except Kathy go hunting. And it's really strange. This was so cool. Like, there's this great shot of the four, of four horses being ridden. You know, they're riding horseback, coming over the hill like the Magnificent Seven. Yeah. I did not expect that kind of grand shot there and this beautiful score behind it that kind of works. And then I realized after they stopped and hitched up the horses, they had four horses for five people. Where did that, <laughs> that fifth person two. get there? I mean, especially if they're small. You can, two, Do you two think it was Ted and maybe Sarah was probably Ted, Ted and Sarah. or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that would be my guess. Probably. Anyway, Sarah says to Ted, are you still mad at me? And he's like, no, nah, it doesn't matter. And I guess Ted is like the most chill dude. Like throughout this whole thing, Ted is the guy who's just like, eh, it doesn't matter. Eh, don't worry yeah. about it. Eh, man. He's Mom, just it's running nothing. around in his tube socks like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> even even when strange shit starts happening, he's like, yeah, I'm going to play Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I do, though. I do wonder why they bring Sarah hunting, though. I mean, she is obviously uncomfortable with the guns. She's uncomfortable seeing the deer carcass that uh, Gary had been carving out in front. She said something about guns earlier. As they're going through the woods, she seems to be kind of expressing her displeasure about the whole idea of what they're doing. Anyway, it goes about how you'd expect. Like you said, they're going through Rambo style, especially Dolly, who looks pretty badass with her uh, headband on tearing through there she was one of them who had the uh the bow and arrow right i don't know which was fully notched as they were <laughs> climbing around and crawling through the woods anyway uh you know they kind of come up to a deer and it's sort of running in front of them and it looks like they're all about to shoot right, like four of you are gonna <laughs> shoot it there won't be anything left oh god it's, it's so weird like i don't know like are they gonna call it like got it I, oh boy <laughs> Yeah, we didn't even talk about that deer hanging on a tree in the front yard. And it's funny to me because that was so unsettling for her. I guess she must be a city girl. Oh, for that sure. That feels like home to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> during deer season in my town, you'll just see them strung up around town. It's like Christmas mm. decorations or something. But anyway, so uh, Sarah at the last minute, and of course this is, I, we can't describe it. It's all shot very strangely with really weird angles and strange close-ups and really weird cuts and but as the deer runs by and they're all fixing to shoot it, she screams to scare. She's like, no, and scares the deer away. And then she starts running. Where is she going? I have no what idea. is she running from? <laughs> is she afraid they're going to shoot her because she scared the deer away? I don't understand. So she just runs and Ted's chasing her. And then she runs into a bloody man who is like bleeding from his chest or abdomen yeah there's like guts hanging out of his stomach and he immediately falls dead but either he or the director made the wrong choice to have him fall dead with his eyes open because he continues to blink that's <laughs> <laughs> they're laying there talking about him being dead so they go back and sarah asks ted to take the paintings out of her room because uh they make her feel weird or something. And Kathy tells Ted that she doesn't think she can live with Gary anymore. Who cares? Why are you telling your son this? It's, it's, I love Gary, but I love my work. I really don't know what to oh do. <laughs> and then, and then she says, and that girl you're with, I don't, I don't know. There's something weird about her. I've seen her before. And she's like, I've seen her before. I know her. What? Yeah. <laughs> and then there, there had also been something when Ted first showed Sarah her room, she was drawn to a picture of a young girl. Yes, on the desk. Spoiler alert, this is never explained. I have no, but it it means something because it comes back later. I was convinced and I feel like this would have been a better story because it would have been super gross. I was convinced that she was like a long-lost daughter. Oh. Like Kathy had had another kid or something. But that wouldn't make sense because she and Ted are about the same age. I don't know. Yeah. And I have no idea what that was a picture of. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then Kathy is painting and she has a weird <laughs> spasm. Yeah. Like her hand with the paintbrush in it starts shaking 
as though she is fighting for control of it. Yeah. Like, and horrified by it at the same time. Horrified, but not shocked. Like, maybe <laughs> this happens sometimes. And meanwhile, Sarah is up in her room and it's in bed. It's like it, she, it, she's lit by moonlight and she looks over the side of her bed and there's a big trunk there and she opens it and it is full of samurai stuff, like yeah. a samurai outfit and a sword. I knew that she would cut herself on it, which she does and bleeds. And then there, she has like a flash of an image of a little girl with the sword. Also cutting herself. Was that the same be- little girl the same- from the picture? I think so. I think it was the same girl from the picture. Then all of a sudden there's a POV shot coming towards the house. And I think that this is samurai POV, but I don't know. Kathy is still like freak painting. And Gary and Kathy have a fight, and then they're all together in the living room, and they're like they're worried about Uncle Pete because he went to get some beer, but he hasn't come back. And they're all like, "Oh no, he's fine. He's fine. Pete knows <laughs> these roads like the back of his hand." Meanwhile, when we had seen Pete coming, he was flying down that highway. Didn't his truck take air at one point? I think so. And then later, we see Uncle Pete's car by the side of the road, and I guess his tire blew out. Is that is that what's supposed to be? supposed to have happened i thought that he ran off the road Mm -hmm. which wouldn't surprise me the way that he drives that we've seen that he drives and i think they had already been drinking i don't know about that but i do know that he was going to get more booze yeah so anyway so he got in a wreck and he's trying to call gary on the cb but he can't get him and then there's a pov behind him and somebody approaches him and he sees the person approach him and he just goes (gasps) (laughs) he is very quiet his throat is very quietly slashed and he falls down and he's dead well that's all the kills in this movie they're all very quiet kills yeah oh i thought you meant that was the only one i was like no it's not because then we cut to some random couple on a water bed and i was like what is happening who are these people but you you skipped one of my favorite parts first of all they told sarah that she couldn't have found samurai gear or any trunk oh, right. because there is no trunk in her room. So right. that's weird. And then and she's like, yes, huh, it's right over there. And he's like, uh, look. And she's like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I want to think this And then was, they just forget about it. I want to think this was part of a dream. I want to think that Sarah had a dream about a samurai that manifested itself. I'm not sure why what she was dreaming about What difference does it make? <laughs> like, uh, what difference does it make whether it's real or not? It doesn't make any sense either way. But when Gary comes home, Kathy is like totally in a state of consternation in her studio. And Gary comes into it. It's funny how her studio alternately is a place where she doesn't want anybody to come into or is a place where people can just wander in, in, through the door and she'll be like, oh, hey, hi, how are you doing? And he comes in to comfort her, puts his arms around her, holds her, says, uh, is everything okay? Are you doing all right? And then suddenly starts berating her. Candy, what's the matter? What's the matter? What the hell is going on around here? Now tell me. Tell me, what's going on? I can't tell you. I can't. Damn it, Kathy, will you wake up? What do you think I am anyway? Some kind of a piece of plastic that you can just push around and then dispose of me when I'm all finished? Oh, I know that you're very bright and you're very talented and you're very full of visions. But I'm not, Kathy. I'm just a simple man. I need some attention and I need some affection. All right, you don't want to marry me? That's fine. That's fine. But don't you treat me like some kind of a damn dog waiting for a bone, okay? Gary, don't talk like that. You don't understand. Understand? What am I supposed to understand anyway? For the last four or five months, I've done everything I can for you. Everything I can. But it's your paints and your brushes and your damn visions. Well, I'm fed up with it. That's right, even the good old boys get fed up. If you got the message, sweetheart, have a nice night, okay? And then he storms out of the room. (laughs) Yeah, the plight of men. Uh, I love it. Oh, God. And then, I. okay, so yes, we, we cut to this random strange these people that we've never met before in bed but we're also cutting back to the family and right after the deer hunting incident sarah had gone upstairs that's when that happened and she found the samurai stuff and all that then she comes back down for a while and they're all sitting together i I swear to god for like from 10 minutes ago where we are now until the next 30 or 40 minutes the brother and sister 
are playing Monopoly on the floor. They'll get up to, like, check on people sporadically. But, like, Sarah is clearly not well, and he is not concerned about it at all. Well, you know, Monopoly takes a while. She, it it takes a really long time. She comes, Sarah comes down, and they're all sitting together, but Sarah's acting weird, and, like, Kathy keeps kind of staring at her, and it's, she's obviously uncomfortable. And then we cut back to these people who are ob- the man is obnoxious and he's ordering his wife around and they they are on a waterbed <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're the waterbed guy. I know, <laughs> I, it's so funny. And she, you know, the wife is like grumbling and talking to herself cuz the husband's just ordering her around like get my tea. Oh, you forgot my orange juice. Tea and orange juice before bed. I never heard of what? that. What? <laughs> God. And so then we see Samurai, we haven't seen the Samurai yet, and we won't for a while, but we see the POV outside, and it comes in and silently stabs the wife in the kitchen through the gut, and she immediately falls down dead. Now, at the same time, we are cutting back to Sarah, and something is happening. (laughs) And I hadn't read about this movie yet, so I didn't know what was happening. It becomes evident later that she's coming she is sitting on the couch with her boyfriend's mother having an orgasm mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and so obviously <laughs> there's not much she can do in that moment but as soon as it's over she gets up and excuses herself upstairs well i think when she's on the sofa and coming i think is when uncle Pete gets killed is it? during this whole sequence when those two get killed she's on the bed in the dreamlike state and she's really going at it. Like, she's like, oh my hips God. in the air. Like, the, the director did not direct her to put her hands near her genital area. So you can tell that she's not masturbating with her hands. Now, there is, uh, like, a blanket between her legs. And she is, when we say thrusting, like, if you were on a bed and on your back and put your feet down and pushed up as far and as hard as you possibly could, like, you're getting a good one or two feet off the bed. This is what she's doing. And she is just writhing in what looks like sexual ecstasy that she almost can't even handle. Yeah. (sighs) It's hot. And that continues to happen. Did you say it was hot? It was not hot. (laughs) There was nothing hot about this movie. Um, And it continues to happen. Like the, so the obnoxious uh, waterbed guy finds his wife dead and then he sees the samurai I think mm-hmm. I think this is the first time we see it that's when we see him yeah it's always lit really weird like in reds and blues yeah it's kind of hazy kind of glowing glowing yeah there's, sometimes there's the a glowing isn't right I mean it like it's it's supposed to be like it's glowing but it's obviously an after effect like it doesn't look like it's really glowing at all yeah it reminds me of those like computer effects from like the Lady in White, or we've seen uh, we've seen these types of effects elsewhere. I assume they're relatively inexpensive. It must be, and that's why they get used because they don't really look good. I, I suppose you could call it stylistic, but the execution doesn't look great. Yeah, it looks pretty amateurish. I would say. Yeah, it's true. It's it's like a blue pulsing light. It's like an a blue glowing outline around him that has like four frames that cycles through. Yeah. That kind of pulse out and then pop back in, then pulse out, then pop back in. And then uh, when it shows somebody else who's like staring at him or the rest of the room or whatever, they do cast the room in like a blue light that's kind of flickering. So they did make an effort. It's kind of, I mean, it's obvious that they were planning to do something like that in post because they did make an effort when they were filming it to get all that blue in there in the image. Sure. It must have took a lot of storyboarding and effort. But what I can't understand is a samurai who's been stabbing everybody with the sword all this time. Why does he back him into the sofa, pull up a bow and arrow, and shoot him? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. The guy gets away. He goes at to the first. gas station. There's nobody there. Tries to make a phone call. And he's call. in his car, but apparently the samurai can chase him, uh, apparate. I don't know. Because it follows him there, and he sees it again. And he gets back in his truck, and he drives to the families that we know their house. And Kathy, she's, what does she say? She's like, I sense something horrible. (laughs) (laughs) And then the samurai shoots the man just outside their house, like at their front door. And like he bangs into the front door. They go and they see him and Dolly freaks out. The fireplace fire shoots up. And this is, what is 
happening. Yeah, it's poltergeist. The house starts to shake. It's the doors slam. The lights flash. The phone catches on fire. Gary's trapped in the kitchen. <laughs> and food is flying at him. Yeah, it was like tourist trap. And then knives are flying at him, and he dodges the knives. This confused me so much. He dodges the knives, but then he gets hit with, like, a can of spaghetti or something, and he falls down. I was like, did he just get killed by food? <laughs> it turns out he's not dead. He comes back later, but he's out for the count for a minute. And they run up to Sarah's room, and her whole the whole hallway outside her room is glowing electric blue. Um, when Ted tries to open the door, he gets, like, thrown back against the wall. So he and Dolly are huddled in a corner... And like, apparently the samurai is still outside because then the sword comes through a window right in front of them. I don't remember if they lock themselves in a closet or they get locked they in get a closet. They get locked. Yeah, they retreat to a closet and end up getting locked in. And then Kathy is standing in the middle of her painting room, which nobody else is allowed in, and she gets really pissed off every time somebody walks in. Gary, I didn't tell you could come in here. <laughs> and like somebody will knock on the door. Can I come in? No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. So she's in that room, and she is talking, like, trying to communicate with the samurai. And she's like, who are you? What do you want here? Who are you? Answer me. And the, the samurai, like, sticks his sword through the closet door, but then Kathy's hands start glowing red. Yeah, they're, like, sparking red. And then the whole house is glowing blue, and then everything just stops. Yeah. Without explanation. I wondered if Mom sent it away with her red hand magic or something. I was having a blast during this whole thing. I thought this was just fantastic. <sighs> I get it, <laughs> but like I've seen this before. You know, you said like it's like a poltergeist. That's basically what it's like. We've seen this before. We've seen the house start shaking. We've seen food flying out of cabinets. I've seen it before, but without any explanation for what's going on, even if it came later. Uh -huh. But it doesn't. I, I I don't have any idea what's happening. The implication is that it seems like Kathy kind of knows, but she's completely unwilling to tell anybody. They all gather around her and around Gary in the kitchen and pick him up. And what's going on here? Everything went crazy. And Kathy's like, yeah, she won't talk about I can't, it. I can't talk about it. I can't tell you. I'm sorry. Ted, I'm your mother. And I think Dolly says, Mama, you don't mean... Yes. And that's just it. I, it. I have in my notes, you don't mean what? Says it three <laughs> times. Mama, you don't mean. Mama, you don't mean. You don't mean. <laughs> but you she does. You don't mean what? She says, Ted, I'm your mother. He wouldn't take me away from you, and he would never take you and Dolly away from me. Who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking maybe their dad? Oh. But then, like, she, she, no, I don't think that's right. I just, like, I'm running through <laughs> the possibilities in my mind, and I don't know, but it seems like, you're right, it seems like she knows, and it seems like she at least thinks that Ted should know. I think, at the very least, this is some spirit that, that uh, Kathy has had some run-in with in the past, and it keeps coming back to haunt her, or something like that, or it's haunting her again after so long. Maybe when she was a girl, maybe that's her picture as a girl in that room. Maybe. And her cutting her finger on the samurai sword when Sarah, you know, it could be a case of where this is like a loop type thing where Kathy had the same experience Sarah had, right? Of uh, coming across the samurai stuff. And as soon as she opened the box, she started having the psychic connection with the samurai and the orgasms and all that thing. And maybe it awakened like the psychicness of her mind and then somehow she put it away and now it's back and it's done exactly the same thing to Sarah. Okay. You have put a lot more thought into this than the writers. Did. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But, but okay. So 
Meanwhile, you know, they checked on Gary or whatever, but nobody has bothered to check on Sarah. She's still up in the room that was glowing and they couldn't get into. Yeah. But but then Ted goes up there. What? Like, the whole house was just possessed by some kind of spirit. They were just being chased around by a samurai. samurai. He takes off his clothes and gets in bed and has sex with her. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, it's so good. I love this part, though. Because I kind of almost saw what was coming. And it's really stylishly shot. And to be fair, I, I said there was no nothing was hot about this movie. This sex scene is kind of hot. It's super hot. Most, mostly because of the way it's lit. It's kind of backlit. Yeah. So they're kind of in silhouette. It reminded me a little bit, if I got it right in my mind, that scene in Top Gun with Tom Cruise and what's her name? Is that similarly lit? Yeah, I can't remember. Kind of. Yeah, it, it wasn't nearly that artful. No, that's true. <laughs> Um, it was it was kind of a, a single shot, you know, with their bodies horizontal, totally in frame. I feel like the yeah, top you're scene, right. There were lots of different cuts and angles and stuff. This is her sitting up on him, so she's kind of riding him basically. And we've got some guys playing harmonica by a fire out in a field. I love this, you know, the old harmonica trope. Whenever you're out in the American Midwest, sitting around a campfire, someone's gotten up from a harmonica. The guy, because they were playing harmonicas, I thought that they were going to be like stereotypical bums. Yeah, me like, too. We're we're just we're just the bums who live in the woods and get drunk and play the harmonica. Yeah, but it dawned on me they're hunters. Like, <laughs> they're they're hunters. They're camping. Um, right. And once again, it's kind of like the other two kills where we, we one goes to pee and we see this POV shot that's clearly the samurai and he approaches them. And then in some shots, he starts to approach them. and We actually see him from behind and they kind of back away and silently all get murdered. And every time one of them gets killed, Kathy is like, ah, screaming on top of uh not Kathy, it. that'd be terrible. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'd put a whole new dimension to this movie. But yeah, like, like, yeah, she orgasms every time the samurai kills one. Okay. It's awesome. Next morning, Gary throws the human body in the truck. <laughs> like, they didn't think that they should have taken care of that yesterday. I kind of thought. <laughs> oh. It's not, oh my God. So he throws the human body in the back of the truck, but the truck won't start. So he's going to have to take the horse. Where? Where is he going? I don't know. What's he doing? Because he can't, he doesn't bring the body with him. He leaves without the body <laughs> and then he's gone for a while and then he just comes back. No comment about where he was or what he was doing. And he comes back quickly. Doesn't come back with anyone. No. Nope. Doesn't come back with anything. Just <laughs> leaves and comes back. And then Dolly and Kathy have a weird convo. Like, Dolly walks into the room and Kathy's staring at her and Dolly says, don't come into my mind. And then they have a weird stare off. Yes. <laughs> God. Like, like Dolly is actively trying to keep Kathy from getting in her head. Yeah. So obviously she knows that she can. It's hilarious, this thing. They're just staring at each other, like, oh, getting more and more tense, and their heads are shaking, and it's just the close-ups between the two of them and their eyes and odd facial expressions. I just loved it. It was so funny. It was bizarre. I will give it that. I, I feel like if I had been enhanced chemically, I might have enjoyed it more. <laughs> I was just so, you know, stone cold sober and on a Saturday morning. If you'd been I, watching it with me, you would have enjoyed it more, I think. I, right. I think so. Yeah. I think we would have laughed and, and talked and it would have been fun. But Dolly tells Kathy, you, you need to tell Ted. But Kathy says, that's up to you now. What? What are you talking about? You have to let us in. We don't know. So then Dolly goes walking through the Technicolor woods. Again, it's like reverse negative. And, and not even very good. Like, it's so, it's so, you can hardly tell what's happening. Yeah, there's no depth to it. It's either red, completely red, or completely blue. It's like that Predator POV yes, yes. type thing, except with less, um, uh, with, with less granularity. Just uh, flat red, flat blue, nothing in between. Yes. So it's kind of probably the cheapest effect they could get, I'd imagine. <laughs> so, right. So she walks into the Technicolor Woods, and then... Ted is in the woods crying. Why? What is he crying I'm about? I'm not sure, but there's this chill rock music kind of going on behind them. At first, I thought Dolly was being stalked, but like the music just completely doesn't uh, hint at that. Whereas before, the music was getting kind of cool. Like whenever the samurai was stalking somebody, there'd be this heartbeat, ba bum, ba bum, ba bum, ba bum, ba bum, ba bum, that was that was going on and on and on and on and on, along with this great synthy type music, but not super synthy. Oh, I really like the soundtrack of this movie. But it does go all over the place. It was interesting 
Yeah, but it it does go all over the place. But it, I mean, it was interesting. I'll, I'll give it that. Dolly runs into the samurai in the woods, and it speaks to her. And said again, you can barely hear it or understand what it's saying. It says, "Come to me." Mm-hmm. And then Gary's back. I don't know where he was. He hears Dolly scream and runs into the woods looking for her. And all three of them, Gary, Ted, and Dolly, find each other and see the samurai. And then the samurai disappears. And then it's approaching them from the back. And then Gary hacks off its head with an axe. But it it's just close. Yeah, he just <laughs> jumps up and swings his axe around blindly, which hits the samurai, but it's just close. And the clothes collapse, and they look at the clothes. And, and Dolly says, Mom was right. About what? <laughs> this answer is nothing. <sighs> that there is a samurai? I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Well, then we see that what the mom has been painting all this time is a samurai. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool. I liked it. I wanted to know, I, Sarah should have been orgasming when they when they were getting approached by that samurai. I guess. Maybe the samurai. Maybe she was and we just didn't see. That's I don't true. Know. Well, I, I think she only like came when somebody was killed and none of them were killed i guess but sarah watches them come back from her bedroom window and kathy tells gary to burn the samurai stuff he's like i can't burn it it's too important i have to take it to the police first (laughs) why what what are the police gonna do with a samurai costume golly's like gary mom is right burn it it's evil he's like no i have to take right but then he's like i have to take it to the police and they're like okay and he starts to walk away and dolly says Like, she calls him back, Gary! And he comes back, bring me some candy bars. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best. What? (laughs) Bring me some candy bars? Yeah. What is this movie? But but then, Sarah's not there. Sarah's up in her room, and uh, she stands up and walks around and uncovers the photo of the girl that was sitting on the desk, and her hand starts twitching over it. The music's climbing in intensity. You see her hand moving over this photo, and suddenly the photo starts to burn. Mm-hmm. What the hell? I have no idea what that is. I have meant. no idea. And Ted comes in and sees, and she looks at him like she got caught doing something, but she doesn't stop doing it. Well, she backs against the wall eventually. Well, he comes towards her, I think, and she throws him across the room with blue light power. Yeah. And then this is where everything just goes off the wall yeah. like I have and I have no idea I, I have no idea I have no idea either it's just a big mess it's like big glue like every other shot has that animated blue glowing effect in it uh, it's engulfing Ted he starts glowing everything builds he flies back against the door I wasn't sure if he was dead or not right dad runs to the horse I'm not sure why but there's lots of mumbling and voices coming from the door so mom goes to check it out and now Sarah's in the armor. So I guess, you Sarah know, is the samurai. She is the samurai. So I suppose, like, the samurai wasn't vanquished. Uh, she's, because of her psychic connection to it, when he swung that axe around, it just kind of jumped into her, I suppose. And maybe... I think it was supposed to be her all the time. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like, well, not corporally, but... yeah. I mean, they had a connection. They were, they, were de- they, were, they were clearly connected. It's like a spirit she awoke and could control. But she wasn't controlling it, but she was kind of under the control of it at times, or at least. But but Kathy hears voices and sees, like, c- comes face to face with Sarah. And okay, this was the part that I couldn't hear at all. And I had to turn on the subtitles. Here's what I got from the subtitles. Kathy says, it's you. Or do you prefer dying this time? You chose hell, your youth, maybe health. You chose, again, I think that the uh, people who are doing the closed captioning didn't know either. Yeah. You chose health, your youth, beauty. I took the oath. I know what you want, but you can't destroy me. It won't work. Yeah. (laughs) What? And at the same time, there are these, like, shots of, like, World War II. Flashbacks? Was it World War II? It totally looked like World War II. Like airplanes and stuff. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And it's something like, I don't even remember which one of them says this. I think it's still Kathy says, well, Gary gets a bad headache. <laughs> okay. And then I think it's still Kathy says, I don't want you. Your power will protect you. No, this is the samurai. I don't want you. Your power will protect you. Then who does she want? What is 
I don't understand. I no. don't want you. Your power will protect you. You can't destroy me, but she does. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, Kathy just wins? Does she do something? What's her do glowing they, red hand Do they have, hand like, a power. glowing hand standoff? That's what it is. Well, she's just kind of standing and convulsing in place with her hands out, and they're glowing red, right? Against the glowing blue of the samurai. I just assume that, yeah, she's kind of pushing it back. Earlier, the Buddha's, when we see the flickering of the Buddha statues, I remember at one point the Buddha's eyes were glowing red. Maybe. So I wasn't sure if the red, if it was kind of like this reversal, you know, normally red means evil. Maybe in this case, red right. was supposed to be the goodness and the blue was the, the evil of the samurai or whatever. It appears so. But it seems like, it seems like, I don't even understand my notes now. It, it seems like they defeat it and then, or Kathy defeats the samurai and then Ted and Gary wake up. And there's a huge choral score. And then the next note I have is the samurai kills Gary and Kathy. I don't even remember that. What happened? Yeah, this, Did it just come back? Well, the Carmina Burana bursts on, so it's super dramatic, like you said. Gary runs in, and a sword flies out at him. And the samurai... So like it's like the samurai tosses a sword at him, and I think kills him. And then the samurai has another sword that he pulls out. Ted is cowering against a wall, and then... but wait when he when he kills when he kills Kathy, she like falls down dead, and then the camera pans to her, and she's yeah crusty frozen. Yeah, she Old? looks like frozen or crusty, right? Like maybe I don't know, but very blue. I don't know. I don't and... know. It was like she is like she was wearing like a clay mask, and it was like flaking off. It was really weird. Yeah. Well, my favorite part here is as Ted is cowering against this wall, the door next to him slowly creaks open and Dolly wanders in like she just woke up. Yeah. <laughs> then she kind of like, oh, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> you guys need any help? And then she kind of turns around and joins Ted and they both join hands and they're both, you know, pulsing with this. I think it's red, right? Is, is that the red? Or is it blue? I think, yeah, no, it is red. In my notes, well, first of all, it seems like Dolly kind of knows what she's doing, but Ted doesn't have any idea, so he just has this dumb look on his face, <laughs> like, what is happening? What am I doing now? And I don't remember if they hold hands or what, but in my notes, I have Ted and Dolly cross the streams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's how they are able to defeat the samurai. I guess they defeat the samurai with the combined power of their familial love or something like that. I don't know. And then they walk out, do-do-do-do-do, yeah. like, <laughs> like uh, well, that was a nice visit. So so is Sarah dead now, I guess? Was she? <laughs> I guess? Who was Sarah? I, I mean, I, I will admit that it was fun to watch because it was so weird. Yeah. Like, just based on that, like, it is so odd. It is one of the most odd movies I've ever seen. So... As an oddity, it's fun to watch. Did I like it? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what I could say that I liked about it, aside from it was just so bizarre and strange would i recommend it yeah sure yeah (laughs) like you 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 kind of need to see it our listeners are gonna love this we're the kind of people who love this stuff i'll tell you what i loved about it i loved the cinematography i thought it was really impressive that this 25 year old cinematographer and this director who was about the same age gathered some money together and shot all this in in hyde wisconsin out in the middle of nowhere bringing together people who were non-actors who were just available uh, there's a stunt where I think it was Gary or somebody flies out the window, and that was the director himself who just literally just tossed himself out a window. They had no stunt man. That was a dangerous stunt. They had no- yeah, right. They had no stunt man. They had nothing. Um, they just gathered together their resources, but they seemed to, like I said, I think this movie has a very European sensibility to it, where things don't necessarily need to make sense. They just need to give kind of an impression, have some style. There's some theme there that I think. He wants to do the old cop-out thing, you know, where, well, you know, it, it just there's a lot of layers to it. But at, at the end of the day, it just you need to figure out what it means to you, you know, which I normally hate. But th- this movie doesn't have like one central puzzle, you know, so it doesn't feel like so much of a cop-out. The whole movie is like a whole bunch of different puzzle pieces that are from like 10 different puzzles. So they never quite connect. So you can easily just throw your hands up in the air and go, you know what? I don't care. I just thought it was a fun ride. And I was never bored through the whole thing. 
I thought the music was great. I was also entertained by the amateurishness of some of the acting and a little bit of the production. But uh, for what it is, and compared to other things we've seen with similar backstories, the production value is surprisingly good, I think. Yeah, uh, I guess. I mean, for... I mean, it, it, it looks kind of amateur, but I don't know. I'm not going to be overly critical. I'm sure they were working on a limited budget. You know, like you said, very limited crew. And, you know, these are non-actors. For non-actors, they weren't really that bad. No, not really. The the acting was really kind of fine. It was just very naturalistic. Kathy, I wonder if that woman is just a weirdo in real life because she was so weird <laughs> in this movie. Um, but it was, I mean, it was fine. The acting was fine. But it's the oddity is, is what sells it for me. I, yeah. I don't think I would need to watch it again. Even if somebody, even if a friend of mine wanted to watch it, I don't think I'd be like, oh, I'll watch it with you. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you should watch it and then we can talk about it. <laughs> I don't think I need to see that again. Um, but I do think you're right. I think that we have a lot of listeners. Uh, and you, our listeners are like us in that they they enjoy finding something that they didn't know about or uh, had never heard of before. And, and I really enjoy that, too. So I had never heard of this. It was a huge surprise. It's rare that I get to see a movie from this time period for the first time. And, you know, I love this time period. This was 1983. Um, the 80s were wacky. Yeah. And I loved it. And I kind of miss it frankly me too so so yeah i i say for sure check it out you know something else that just occurred to me this is the kind of movie that could so easily come off as pretentious and it doesn't at all no i didn't think it was pretentious it just seemed like they were making a movie you know what I mean? yeah. like, <laughs> you know and at the end they did they, they, made, they made a movie they made a movie it is it is a movie it has a beginning a middle and an end <laughs> it has characters who say lines um it has special effects it's 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 for sure a movie <laughs> so but like that's what that's what i'm saying like that's what they wanted to do they wanted to make a movie they wanted to do this weird imagery they had this weird idea for a story and they went for it good for you yeah and it's it's also a Christmas movie, right? It takes place during Christmas. The theme is family. That's true. Yeah, family coming home, coming together, fighting evil samurai with your psychic powers as you do at Christmas time. It's and... sort of a shame that the, you know, the lights were not red and green instead of red and blue. Then they could have really That would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say, I don't what was the first Christmas movie we watched? I don't remember. I had forgotten about all the creatures and I don't remember what the first one was. Black even. Friday. But Black Friday. Mm, yep. I will go on record as saying that this is my favorite so far. Yes, me too. Me too. But I'm really looking forward to next week, except I don't want Christmas to be over. I know, right? <laughs> Gosh, it always goes by so quickly. I know, but it'll be good. You get to spend it with your family, which is nice. I get to spend it with my family. So <sighs> Anyway, one more. We Yes, and hopefully we'll go out with a bang. Yeah, I hope so. Well, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. What a great Christmas gift to send someone over to our website and introduce them to our podcast and they can search for their favorite horror movies and uh, see and listen to us blabber on and on about it. We have a newsletter now you can join as well and refer other people to if you just go to our website. That's ChainsawHorror.com. Click on the link there uh, to sign up. And uh, we just send out a little bit of weekly stuff, uh, some basic news and thoughts about the movies that we've done and what's coming up also if you want even more become a patron go to patreon.com slash chainsaw podcast and uh, for just five bucks a month you can get behind the scenes with us and there's a lot more conversation about these movies and episodes happening there also on our public facing facebook site twitter and uh instagram pages find us at all those places send us a message let us know what you're doing this christmas and what horror movies you're watching until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With two guys and a chainsaw. Ah!